사진을 달라고. 자, 세원양을 완성하라. 이 말은 결국 우리가 계속 말씀하지만 구원을 완성하고 또 영화로만 들어가고 예정을 완성하고 안식에 들어가. All of these things where it talks about, you know, uh, keep the Sabbath fulfilled and covenant. All of these things are going to the same flow. They, they have different perspectives, but they're all heading to the same thing, right? And so the predestination, uh, covenant, uh, Sabbath, all of these things to a child who is meeting with God, this is ultimately just uh, various paths, right? Whether it's confirmation of salvation, uh, fulfillment of your predestination, they're all describing one end goal from different perspectives. Why? Why are they expressing these different ways? Because there is difference in your spirituality, right? For example, like, uh, from the perspective of the nation of Israel, right, there's various covenants, covenants of David, covenants of Adam. And so through what relationship is these words spoken? And so from that, there's various uh, ways that it is expressed. Like the same goal is expressed in multiple ways. And so when we talk about fulfillment of the new covenant, there, there's like a, a peace implied also the covenant of David. And so we want to talk about this new covenant that, that we are fulfilling. And so let's compare the new covenant with the old covenant. And in this conference, um, as I've been continuing saying, uh, you're seeing the entire line of the true system of Zoe ministry from, through Exodus, right? And how God is leading us. And what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, God established Moses as a leader. And so as leaders for this era, what does God consider important? So as we go through wilderness, what is the practical aspects of going through that uh, wilderness? What kind of faith do we need? to go through that wilderness. And so, so from the perspective of fulfilling the new covenant, what is needed? That's what we are saying. It's a new covenant. And so when we first talk about new covenant, let's turn to Jeremiah 31. And so this new covenant doesn't just appear out of nowhere, but even already from Jeremiah, God has already um, uh, uh, prophesied regarding this. So what is Jeremiah? Jeremiah is the prophet who prophesied during the time of the fall of Israel or Judah. Okay, no, no, okay. Actually, we're not starting here. We want to go back to Exodus real quick. Why am I going back and forth? Because I did not prepare the sermon. That's why I'm going back and forth. So first let's look at 19 because we want to see the preparation for the covenant at Mount Sinai. And so let's go back and forth between the new covenant and old covenant as we fulfill the new covenant. And so primarily, uh, 
Israelites have a relationship with God as God's nation through the covenant, right? But what about your relationship with God? You have what kind of relationship? Not a covenant relationship, but a new covenantal relationship. And the Lord, our Jesus Christ, is what is the guarantee and the, um, is the guarantee of that new covenant. There is an difference between new covenant and old covenant in, in terms of results, right? What is it? I will be your God and you will be my people. So through the Old Testament, what can we see in the covenant? We can see that the focus of the covenant is that through this I will become your God and you will be my God. And the same thing with the new covenant. The new covenant is not just Israel anymore, but, but because of what God has done, those who receive what God has done us, and God becomes their God, and they become his people. And so the new covenant and the old covenant has the same uh, title, same topic, right? What is the focus of the new covenant? That God reigns right? And the reason why this is because if I am a covenant, then God alone can reign over me. God reigns over me. If something else reigns over me, that means that I am a covenant breaker, whether you are aware of it or not. And what does that mean? That means you are exiled. You will be exiled because through the blood of Jesus Christ and by His mercy, we have been tied to this covenant. But you are rebelling against the covenant, which means you are exiled, which means you are excommunicated. Because we have this covenantal relationship, over me. The world is not my thoughts, my flesh. If I'm living by those things, that means that the world is reigning over me. Means the devil is reigning over me. I'm going beyond that. Look, who is the devil? The devil is someone who is destined for destruction, destined for damnation. And that, means that, that person is reigning over me. And that is a problem. Because ultimately, what does it mean that I am the new covenant? It means that I am under God's reign. And because I am under God's reign, that means that the devil cannot touch me, right? And what is that authority? That authority that it says in Colossians 2.15, that all the armaments of the enemy has been disarmed. So listen carefully. Listen carefully. What does it mean that you are an heir of Christ? That you are an heir with Christ? That you have the authority to that is your dignity. That is your what, what does Jesus Christ prophesy to his disciples? He says that you have the power and the to trample scorpions and serpents. And so he claims this before the Holy Spirit even comes to prophesy, to show them that they have that dignity. And so what does it mean that we are under God's name? That is what is being summarized in, in his prophecy. So if you truly believe in these words, then you will not ever allow, you will not compromise the world to reign over you, the world to define you, the devil to reign over you. For the past 34 years, I've never, never once acknowledged the devil's power over me. That doesn't mean that I've never been attacked. That doesn't mean that I've never had hardships. But what it does mean is that I've never acknowledged their right over me. I've never acknowledged them to touch me. There's some of you who, who are so intimate with devils, right? You, you, you massage him and you touch him and you hug him, right? There's many of you who are like that. Many of you, actually, as I look, I see that many of you are very close to the devil. 
Who is, who is God that he would that he has allowed us to share in his amazing glory and so 32 years ago when I first met with God you know uh, back at that day you know, I used to be very bad right I would go to the, my pastor's office and smoke in there and, and look at the books and as I was looking at those books like I remember thinking to myself like who is this God that, that, that you'd be describing in such power either this is all BS or, or this is truth either this is BS or this is truth and so the reason why I tried so hard to meet with God is because I wanted to show the world that this is BS. Because though, though I wasn't very well versed in, in, in theology, uh, I am someone who grew up in a Buddhist household and so I knew what it meant to be divine. But look, look the fact that this divine being gave us this authority, this power, this glory. How amazing is that? And so, that's why whenever I go all over the world, the reason why I can cast out demons, the reason why I take control of the principalities of the air, it's not because of who I am. It's because I believe in the authority that God has given us. It's because I believe in what it means to be the church, knowing that the devil is absolutely nothing in light of, of what God has given us. Why? Why does someone like Paul can boldly proclaim that devil I have no time so come all at me at once I'll deal with you right now and so if you just receive the new covenant in faith what is the new covenant? the new covenant is what is it that I will be your God and you will be my people that is the new covenant it's the same thing as the old covenant whether it's the old covenant or the new covenant, the new covenant the goal is the same the only difference is who is, the, who is titled to the old covenant is entitled to the Israelites and the new covenant is to all who believe in what God has done and so because you have our new covenant till being then, then that must be clear right that you belong to God right? you belong to God and so look at the person next to you are they spies are they or do they belong to God okay okay are they spies from different heresies no no right and so look Think about this. If you're living self-centered, even though you have this amazing covenant, this amazing promise available to you, you are being reigned over by the government. So that's the delusion that, that covers over your eyes. So, so what you need to understand when it comes to the church, the church is about reign. It's about sovereignty. The church is under God's reign, and so this principle, this principle, if you cannot receive it, then the church loses that glory. Remember, the church, Reverend Church, is not something that Pastor Mino came with us. God is the king. And, and fundamentally, because everyone cannot 
um, meet with God properly. That's why God establishes me as kind of a shepherd. But really, if God didn't establish me, I'm nothing. If God didn't do that, it's nothing. But it's God who reigns. And so because it's God who reigns, whether you have a building or not, no matter how many members are in your church, doesn't matter. God is in control. So that's the most important thing about the new covenant. What is that I am God's people and God is my God. Right? It's about sovereignty. It's about reign. That I am his people. That the king of all kings reigns only this. If you receive it, then that, that is, then primarily you have no issue. So this is the first thing, right? And and so I can deal with this really quickly. I can deal with this really easily. And the third new moon after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt. And so the third new moon, this is talking about around the time of the Pentecost, right? And so, when does he come to Mount Sinai? When does his presence come? During the Pentecost. And what about the Holy Spirit? When did the Holy Spirit come to the church members? To the church. It was also on the Pentecost, wasn't it? Right? On the Pentecost. Entering into the fullness of the Holy Spirit we are on Mount Sinai. So let's look at this. Uh, 
coming of the God calls Aaron or Miriam and Aaron rebel. What does God say to them? He says, though I may appear to you in dreams and visions, it's not, not so my servant Moses that you are on a different level. What does, what's the difference? That with my servant Moses, I see face to face. And so the difference between Moses and the other leaders is what? Is that he sees God fixed to And I say this to the Who is the worthy pastor? Who is the worthy servant? Not the one who is pastoring over 10,000, over 100,000. Who is the pastor who is meeting with God? Even if he only has one member, that is the most important requisite to God in terms of who he considers his servant. So remember, I said on the first day, I proclaim that you are all leaders. So as leaders, and so I know that many of you are ministers in your church and, church and you have ministries, but your ministry is not what's important. What's important is your alone time with God, your intimacy with God. The most important What does the New Testament say that we can boldly come before the throne of grace? When we come before the throne of grace that Jesus advocates for us and brings us at the sight of God. And so that is what's the leader this week. It's the same thing applies to me. Uh, I say to my associate pastors all the time, who is the most excellent pastor? It's not the one who has technique, the one who has very good rhetoric. No, it's the one who means there's nothing more difficult. It's about who meets with God. So Moses spent And so God Moses. Why? Because that holy Fear the Lord. If you do not fear the Lord, why? It's because you do not meet with God. 
그러니까 우리가 하나님의 말씀을 순종해야 되는 동기부여가 Man's wickedness does not allow it. First thing you need is the fear that, Lord, if I don't pray, that if I don't pray, the Lord will break me. Okay. This is the man that will have discipline. And so, what, it doesn't mean that you lack reverence. It means that you are meeting with God. Wherever you may be, if you are a creation, created to you, there is no one who will not fear God when he meets God. Long time ago, Yungi's father, his father was uh, he was he was a really amazing person, right? So like a leader in the world. But when he met with me, because he saw this radiation of the glory, he said to me that I will serve you well. You know, because he saw that radiance, this glory was radiant inside of me, and he could feel it. This is what he said to me: that I've never once feared man, but this is the first time fearing someone. And when I it's because the glory inside of me was radiant. It's the same thing. When you meet with God, when you meet with His radiation of that glory, you will feel it. Wore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now this is talking about God of love. And of course they meet at Jesus through the wonder of Jesus. But remember, the focus of that wonder is fear and love. So you cannot separate these two things. If you meet with holiness, then ultimately you will have this reverence towards God's holiness and also realization of how much we love Him. This is the principle behind what it means to meet with God. This doesn't apply to only select few. No, if you have received God's holiness, then you will have this fear for His justice, but also inspiration and wonder at His love. There will be reverence. And so that's why you're unable to sin however you want. Because you're afraid. Afraid, right? There is this fear. Okay, right. You won't uh, withhold tithing. You will not uh, miss out on Sunday because, because you fear the Lord. If you steal from the tithing, if you steal from God, if you don't go to Sunday service, you are stealing days from God. 
자, 그래서 우리가 이참 중요한 얘기 한 거예요, 여러분들. 내가 하나님을 정확히 만났구나. And so without relationship to him, when we possess these things, what does that make us? We are thieves. It's because we are in him, in his relationship with him, that we can have relationship with all things. That's the I try to do something, I try to make something, I try to achieve something, I try to do business, I try to go somewhere. There is a time where you will be brought to account for that. For that. You need to have Above all else, everything comes through your relationship to him as he is over you. Because he is the master he is uh, he is every, he is the uh, master but if you go where you really want to go to this, this, this is uh, this regard what are you of all things and when you acknowledge him then this is the amazing authority that you will find Listen to the voice of your mother and your father. 
So many people think that oh, because I have a
You are chosen, this word in Because you are chosen by God, it means that you cannot choose anything else, right? You have to choose. You choose. And that is what it means to be remnant. He who has called, he has elected. means that because I am called, I should not choose anything else. Because this is what it means to be You are chosen by the royal priesthood for his own possession. From the perspective of John in 1 John, what does it say? It says that I did not love God first, but God loved us first. I don't want to choose him, but he chose me. Right? He says, I love you. And you're like, who are you, mister? And he says, no, I love you, right? You, you've experienced that, right? You've experienced that. So do that, I want to love him. <laughs> and so in the same way, we can, we can every now and then say to God, I didn't say I would love you first. You take responsibility over my life, right? And you chose me, so take responsibility over my life. Right. Many times when I get upset, I say to God, did I ever ask for this kind of church member? 
that, that Lord, it was all by your will, by your goodness, and so you have chosen us. Amen. How amazing is this? So let's go back to Exodus. So at the end of this conference, I bless you that you would audio all 40 books of Exodus. That you would go up and Mount Sinai and down, go up and down, up and down Mount Sinai. Because I do not eat the words as allegory. As, as this is reality. So, anyways, so verse 6. The Holy Nation. And so we see this earlier. What is the Holy Nation? The Nation because his authority is reigning We have that same authority because we are his people. And this didn't just all of a sudden come out of nowhere. But it came out from the beginning. Ever since God created Adam, how did God create Adam to be a king and to be priest? Right? That's the blessing of Adam's covenant, right? And the clothes that God gave Adam was the clothes of a priest. And at the same time, what did he say to us? To subdue you. Ever since God created that's what you need to know at first. But the devil has stolen this process. And he's it. Amen. And though it was reclaimed by somebody who did not reclaim it, so let us all reclaim it and be able to unveil it clean. Amen. Because that is who you've been created to be. Amen. Priestly king. Amen. Out of this confidence, what will you proclaim? That this world and you has nothing for me. This world has And going beyond that, the devil tries to reign over me. When you cast devils out, Amen. 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 You have no authority.
17절 모세는 백성이 장로들을 불러 여기에 자기에게 명령이 그 말씀을 진술하니 백성이 일찍 응답하는데 여기서 이런 것은 우리가 다행이다자 그냥 보세요 요 백성 이 뭐야 백성들이 이 하나님의 명 말씀을 들어 백성이 이렇게 너희들이 어려움에도 이렇게 될거다 하니까 모두 행이다 내가 이 기분 신도이다 이렇게 순종을 약속했어요 가짜야 진짜 진짜예요 진짜 왜냐하면 하나님의 경영을 믿는 방법이기 때문에 하나님께 순종하지 않고는 못살다는걸 아는 거야 물론 그들이 육체의 상황으로 해서 또 순종하지만 어쨌든 이 경영감은 철저히 순종을 유발할 수 없는 거예요 그러니까 여러분들이 계속 죄를 짓지 않아 살리면 하나님의 사랑이 확 풀어야 되는 것도 중요하지만 먼저 봐요 Amen. Amazing reverence has taken
뭐지? 뭐야? 하늘이 세례받고 기도하실세야 하늘 지키고 성령이 소마티고 강림하시다 그러니까 우리는 매일같이 그 성령님이 늘내 어, 안에 계셨고 그리고 그 성령님은 계속 나에게 새로운 파루시아로 나에게 이제 내재하시는 성령과 함께 이 성령이 만나는 시간을 맞이하는 게 신약의 성도의 모습이야 왜냐면 성령이 내 안에 내재했기 때문에 이제 그 내재한 성령님은 임재하는 성령과 항상 여러분이 여러분이 여러분의 말씀 살면 새새 사람의 존재로 살면 그 성령님은 항상 내 안에 성령님 임재와 내재 성령님 만난다 이게 바로 내가 내 안에 내가 내 안에 바로 내재와 삼위의 역동적인 하나님이 나와 항상 교부하는 상태 그러니까 바울은 종말의 관점을 뭐야 다시 오실 예수 그리스도가 다시 오시는 시간도 바로시야 성령을 통해서 하나님께서 나에게 항상 내재와 임재로 말하는 그 상태로 바르셔야 해요. 그러니까 주님이 강림하시는 그 영광스러운 날 바르셔야 잔치잔치 벌렸네. 무슨 잔치 벌렸나? 근데 그 강령은 본질적으로 불량적인 측면이 다르겠지만 내게 그 성령, 내지와 성령이 임재가 만나는 파르샤는 늘 내게 일어나고 그 총력 충만의 감격이 여러분을 믿으시라고 살아야 돼요 내가 어느 정도 구원받고 이런 성령 강림에 대한 성령 충만에 대한 감격이 뭘 얘기하냐면 아 내가 굳어죽구나 내 육체의 반응이 내 안에 승하구나 이렇게 생각해요 그게 없으면 내지와 임재 성령이 파르샤의 감격으로 여러분 알잖아 구원받때 성령 충만의 감격 알잖아 그 감격이 늘 갖고 살아야 돼그 
So I mean, I Yeah. 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 Yeah.
그분이 다시 재림할 때 놓치는 그때는 이제 우주가 물신도에 정말 지구가 막다 쪼개져 moments of shaking. Right, like, I, cannot, I can't handle it. I, I just have to shake. This kind of shaking, this earthquake comes into it. Okay, so you cannot just sit still. Okay, be careful. You too. Okay, it's because of your theology, your seminary, that, that you are not shaken because you're so proud. Look, she, she, it's because she, is not, she did not do seminary, that's why she was crazy. How about you? You did do seminary, right? You can do something. Why don't you shake it? Why don't you shake it? And so to all those who are here, if you did not do seminary, you do not have to, or if you did not do seminary, you have to shake it. If you did seminary, then you don't have to shake it.
So the difference between the covenant and the Old Testament what we need to see is that this God is terrified God with whom we could not meet and cannot see. But through what Jesus Christ has done, we have this relationship that can meet with Him. So what you need to realize is the great grace, the great privilege Think about it from the perspective of Israelites. This what is this fear? This terrifying God. After Exodus, where does this terrifying God end up? He comes in the midst of the camp, in the tabernacle. So imagine that situation. In this tabernacle, the presence is there. When God is there, the tribes of Israel surround the tabernacle. And so, so all of a sudden, it's as if not just not a tiger is in the midst of the tribe, but some terrifying monster. Right? They couldn't they are used to it. And as they get used to it, what do they do in the midst of God's presence? They start to sin. That is the wickedness of man. It is the same thing to us. If you live by the flesh, then you disarm that terrifying But now this God is not in the midst of the tabernacle, but where is that God, as it says in by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit within you raises up this reverence, this fear inside you. in Isaiah 11, 1, say that, that amongst the seven names of the Holy Spirit, what is the final one? It's the spirit of the fear of God, the reverence of God. Amen. So if you live by the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit is providing this fear of the Lord. So if you live by the Spirit, what will you never forget is this reverence. Think about it logically. This terrifying God is in the midst of the camp. But now this God is not in the midst of the camp, but he's inside of you. And the fact that you are not afraid of this God means that is how much you are. You are in the flesh. That is if he doesn't move, how can I walk? Because this amazing being is inside of me, when he doesn't move, how can I If he's not leading me, how can I So without presence, because I'm so afraid to move, uh, I cannot move. 
이 성령이 얼마나 강력하게 역사하는지 그분이 인재를 안 하면 나는 바깥에 다 so 그런 식으로 근본적으로 그렇게 그렇게 막너무나막 그런 거에 대해서 예민한 반응을 하는 그런 관계는 아니기 때문에 나라는 
자 계속해요. 자 21절 이는 보이는 기도가 이렇듯 무섭기도 하고 무섭기로 모세도 이르되 내가 심히 죽어버렸다. 자 그래서 이게 중요한 거예요. 우리는 태어나게 되는 이런 자들이 아니라 우리 보세요. 너희가 이런 곳은 미치는 장가상에 교회와 만스피리스판의 And with what is here in God's church, it's fundamentally what does it mean that you are the true church? Means that this true church is in the assembly of heaven, right together. And so, above all things, you need to belong to the true church. Amen. And so, we are not just simply here as. together And so as the righteous ones of the Old Testament look at us, they're seeing that this promise is being fulfilled and that is fulfilled in them through us. So they cheer us on. Even now, they're cheering you on. So who is the cheerleading team? It's Moses. Moses is today's cheerleading captain. So that's the New Testament, New Testament, and through Jesus, this is all made possible. Jesus, and how amazing is Jesus, amen? How can, how can I express this? How can I express this in words? It's all because of what he has done. So how amazing is he? Singapore, you need to believe that your church is in the heavenly hosts. Amen. 
그래서 우리는 세월의 존재가 실제로 우리는 하늘 종이 이론으로 된 거를 So we need to know that we belong to the heaven house, and so let's turn back to Exodus. And now then, let's so they went up to Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments. We don't really need to express all, or explain all these other things. Right? In chapter 20, verse 19, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. Look at how terrified they are. Because there's this fundamental fear of hope of what is holy. Later, we see that they build an altar, an altar, not a dress stone. What does dress stone look like? Dress stone look like as humans. Right, you would think that dress stone would be good for an altar, right? Because it would look pretty. But it says undressed stone, taking away Babylon and humanism, your thoughts, your methods to deny all of these things. Why? Because relationship with God is not a relationship built on humanism. It's not built on human methods. That is humanism. And so those of you who are sharp and intellect, it looks like you are living well, but ultimately it's tragedy in the end. Because God doesn't work through humanism. God, we are not designed to live by our thoughts, by our methods. What is, why do you are filled with your thoughts? Because you are judging what is good and evil, right? And that is not our relationship with God. And so you need to live as if you do not have a head. Because that, because you do not have a head, you receive so like Daniel, after he is characterized by God head, then it doesn't matter if he becomes the prime minister of Babylon or not. Because even though he That's why it's so hard for people who are in the church right now. It's because they are formed and packed by the things of the world. And think that they should live according to their experiences, according to their thoughts. So they built these, these hard roads in their heart and, and that, so they can receive God. It's after so look at even the Noah built about church. Why do you think that I told them to be here and even to the point that they have to quit their jobs? 
So they should have maintained purity to their husband, but they lost that purity. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about this For this is the covenant that I will put them. I will put my law with them and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. So whether it's the old covenant or the new covenant, uh, the result is the same. I will be their God and they will be my people. What's the difference? The difference is that I will write my laws within them and I will write it on their hearts. So it means that the word of God will be entered into their minds and their hearts, their spirit. How amazing is that? 
Your prophets did not understand what they were saying when they were saying they could not, they could not conceptualize, they could not imagine God entering into man. Right? Because look at what God's presence was, is that, is that, is that such a fearful thing, such a terrifying thing, that they couldn't even write his name down. Even writing his name down, they would break the pen that they used to write his name. And then also the fact that this word doesn't just come to man, but come into their hearts, into their minds. This is also what, what is in the Holy of Holies? Okay. The, the Ark of the Covenant, right? What is the Ark of the Covenant? It represents the Word of God. Of course, the presence of God and the blood is also the Word Holy of Holies, the Word of God is So that's actually what this is representing, that the Word of God is outside of the Holy of Holies, the Holy Place. And can you see the Holy Place from outside? You cannot. But what's inside the is the sensor of incense, right? So the sense of it represents my relationship to God in me. This incense is rising up. My relationship with God, my prayer, my relationship with God, my relationship. All of these things are going up to God. What's to the left is the candle, what's to the right is the table of the burning What does this represent? So when you look at the structure of the temple itself, structure of the new covenant, right? The word of God is in my heart and in my mind. So even the tabernacle structure of the tabernacle itself is represented in my so, so this is the state of the tabernacle. <laughs> 세형이면은 뭐, 어, 어, 어? 우리 교회 세형이라고 있는데 그 세형인가? 세형, 뉴스. 왜 세형이야? 이제 하나님이 만든 창, 창세기 일장에서 만든 창세기 때 만든 아담이든 그 영향이 다른 영이 있다는 거야? Sorry, thirty-six, twenty-six. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put you a new spirit. 자, Why does he say new spirit? So I will give you a new spirit. A new spirit I will put within you. And I will give you a new Does that mean that another heart is entering into you? What does it mean by a new spirit? Jeremiah says that I put my words in your heart and in your mind, in your spirit. But this is I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. And I will remove the heart of flesh and the heart of flesh. What is Remember, from the state of the old covenant, Israel did not have a heart that can receive the words of God. And I will put my spirit in you. And now God's spirit is entering into you. And 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 God's spir
so the spirit of the so why does God give you the spirit? That's what's being described here. What is the spirit of man? What is being renewed means that you are a new creation. You become a new being. Why? Because in the spirit of man enters the spirit of God. As it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, how does Paul describe this? That you are a new creation. And so his spirit entering into the spirit of man isn't just the difference between entering into your not and you that you are new and so from the Old Testament, look at it from this way. Like, right, a prophet prophesies because the spirit of God is present, right? But with that presence disappears, what happens? That revelation disappears. That flow, that power, that authority of all that prophecy is not in the prophecy. It comes to the prophecy. Now you are a new creation. So now the Holy Spirit leads you to prophecy, but it's not through the presence of the Holy Spirit, but inside of you is the indwelling Holy Spirit and His power, authority is inside of you. And so even if the presence leaves, it still remains in you. That power that is still inside of you. And so what does the gospel say? That even if you just give a cup of water to a small to a believer, that God will not will not forget your reward. What does that mean? That God is acknowledging even your Because the Holy Spirit inside of you is, is inside of you. And so we see in the uh, tale of the ten virgins, right? The parable of the ten virgins. What does it mean for the five foolish virgins who do not have oil? It means that they do not have the Holy Spirit inside of them. They are living by their thoughts, by their flesh. And so they cannot meet with the group. So you have the oil inside of you. You have the oil inside of you. Is the anointing in you or not? You need to have that anointing. And so new spirit, new heart, this is what you see in the Old Testament. Through the word, through the information of the law, you have reverence of God and you have this difficulty to keep obedience. But now it's no longer that. You no longer have that heart stone. But your heart, inside your heart, is the word, the truth of God. And that truth can move you. And this can stay. And so you are new creation, you are new being. And yet, because you keep uh, force-feeding the things of the world instead of you, and you're mixed with the word as just information, it has no effectiveness. But this isn't actually the truth of your reality. If the structure of your word, of your heart, and you live in that structure, then how amazing of a being would you be you see that in that you can be, you can teleport to places, 
That when I do not limit the Holy Spirit, amazing things happen. This is what it means to be a newcomer. And so let's turn to Hebrews. And so how are you going to fulfill the newcomer? Are you receiving this? I am an amazing being. Are you receiving this? Are you receiving this? And so, And by that you have been sanctified of the body of so through that offering, all of this stuff is justified as versus the man who was sitting And he spilled all that blood on the cross, right? And so through that, what, what is confirmed to you? What confidence do you have? Confidence that you have the right to draw near to the throne of grace. And so the reason why you are to confirm that holiness is because you do not meet, you do not have experience of meeting with him. And that's why you are afraid, you are afraid. The essence of that holiness comes from me because you don't know if you are holy. You don't know if you are holy. You don't know if you are holy. Don't let this just be a theory. That he, by taking the sins of the world upon himself, he gave us righteousness. When we meet with that righteousness, we, that holiness that was just a theory becomes confirmed in So, that righteousness gives you the privilege of the privilege of all upon this is the joy of righteousness the joy of salvation that I can call the king of all if you live by the spirit if you live by the spirit and you that joy, that joy that you're calling upon the king and as it's embodied inside you, you get filled with the joy of holiness, the joy of righteousness, and so the problem is because you keep going back and forth between you also new stuff, also new stuff. Because when you turn into new stuff, maybe you can keep the Holy Spirit as it grows and grows and grows inside of you. You confirm that Holy Spirit is calling you upon you. Amen. The Bible is not Why is this all a fear to you? Because you don't believe with him. You need to believe with him. He says, be holy for I am holy. That's theory to you because you don't believe with him. But when you meet with him, you meet with him. 
So you must meet with of all records of our sins. And so now, this perfect victory has been brought. That I had, and so that's why he sits down at the right hand of God. And so he's confirming that his sovereignty, his reign. Ephesians 6, 2, 6, when he sits on that throne, who sits with him? You sit with him. That you are sitting seated with him on that throne. And so through his sacrifice, he is acknowledged as one, he is acknowledged as sons of God. Then you also, as it says in Romans 8, you are also sons of God with him. That he gives you the same name. Of course, for us, it's by grace. But there is no difference. He is heir, and we are also heirs. We are fellow heirs. It's all because of what? Because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice, because of what he has done. Now, of course, he is king of all kings, but we are kings as well. We are kings with him. And so he shares his glory with us. And so what do we talk about the dynamic of the Trinity to us is that Shreen, right? The, 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 the Shreen is, is, is that we are with him. But Metta, Metta means to him we are reliant upon him. We are dependent on him. He is self-independent, but we are dependent. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So with that perfect blood, he sprinkled it on the whole heavenly tabernacles, wiping away all sins, and so we have been perfected. That be perfect for, I, for, for, your, for, your, for God, your Father is perfect. And so through this meeting, I'm confirming inside of me this perfection every day. How can you confirm righteousness through the blood as you're meeting with him? That ah, I am holy and through that you are, you are embodying that perfection. As you're meeting with him, you are embodying that perfection. And as you meet with him more, and the more you meet with him, the more that's perfected inside of you. So we have to meet with him. We have to meet with him. Adam, when he was created, what was what was his, his the process of his training? Is meeting with him, meeting with him. It's the same thing with us. This has never changed throughout time. We have to meet with him. Through meeting with him, we are perfected in his holiness. We have to meet with him. It's not about religious practice or rites. No. 
through what Jesus Christ has done, we meet with him. And by meeting with him, we are perfect. So what happens? Verse 16, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord, open my laws in their hearts and write them on their minds. Verse 17, then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. And so in that relationship, we are not simply forgiven of our sins, but that blood that has been sprinkled inside of me, the relationship that I have with him is, is that the power of that sin over us gets weakened and weakened. Amen? So chapter 10, verse 19. Uh, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, why do we have the confidence to enter the holy place? As it says, because of what? Because of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has erased all the records of sins. Originally, we could not enter because of our sins, but now we can enter, right? Because, because we that those sins are no longer recorded there. Why can we enter into the Holy of Holies? Because the records of our sins is no longer there. So that's why we have the confidence. We have the confidence that we are perfected in His righteousness. And so we can enter into His Holy of Holies. Amen? Right, the Holy of Holies is a place that the high priest couldn't even enter once a year. But now we can go there to call upon the king. When? When? 365, 24-7. Right? You can always go in there. Okay, we holiday without fail. You can meet him so, By the new living way that he opened for us through the through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, through Jesus Christ, all of this is fulfilled, right? So verse 22, this is where it's important. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in water. And so what has been sprinkled over us? What's sprinkled? The blood that cleansed the heavenly tabernacles is inside of us. has been sprinkled inside of us. And so now that blood dwells within us. And as it says in 1 John, that the word, that the water, the blood, and the spirit is one. What's in the heavenly tabernacles, what's in the holy of holies, is the word, the presence of God, and the blood. It's the same thing inside of us. And so just as the structure of the tabernacle is also inside of us, God has built man in the same structure. And this is reality. It's not imagination. It's reality. In your structure is built just as the tabernacle is. And because that blood is inside of you, you have the right to declare that blood, to proclaim that blood, that your sins are forgiven. Right? And so through your proclamation of that blood, you proclaim life. So the new covenant. 
New Covenant. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have have come, then build a greater and more perfect temple. This is talking about the heavenly tabernacle. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and cows, but by means of his own blood. So he first entered into the heavenly tabernacles with this pure blood to cleanse us of all records of sin. Thus, securing an eternal redemption. But the bloods of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of the sanctified for the perfection of the flesh. Verse 14 How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offer himself without blemish? What is this blood? This is the blood, as it says, this, is this the blood spilled on the cross? No, this is the blood of the, without blemish. The blood in the heavenly tabernacles is sprinkled on you. How much more will this blood of Christ purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? What is, what is this talking about? Purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Okay. Remember, we have this conscience inside of us. And what is, this conscience is the function of the law in our bodies, right? But is is this records of your sins recorded in the heavenly tabernacles or not? It's not. And so now if you sin, what happens? Though it's not recorded in the heavenly tabernacles, it may be recorded in your conscience. And so now, because this blood is inside of you, when we repent, what does this blood do? It cleanses us from, it purifies our conscience from dead works. And so how, what does it do? It purifies you. It erases and so if you are lazy in doing this, then, then these records of sin get hardened and engraved into your conscience. And so if you do not erase these records of sins in your conscience, what does this sin do? As it says in Romans 6, Romans 6 says that, that the sin uh, takes advantage of the law, takes off, finds opportunity through the law. And so though, and through the commandment that says you shall not covenant, it raises up all kinds of covenantist desires. But when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, living by the functions of the Spirit, they'd be okay. But if you leave, but if you live by the flesh and the records of the sin that is in conscious, uh, brings up all of these desires. And so the reason why you keep committing the same sins is because in your conscience, those sins are still recorded. And so you need to repent every day to wash your conscience. How much to the point where you do not live by your conscience, but you live by your spirit being open to the Letting the spirit to reign over you. Don't allow your conscience to block the spirit in your functions. Okay, we do not live by conscience. We are not beings who live by conscience. We live by the spirit. So as you repent every day and wash yourself clean, uh, you do not move by the function of the conscience. But if by any chance you do not do this, and when you die and you resurrect, 
the conscience will come up with you and what happens to this person as it says in John that they will be judged by Christ so in Revelation 22 blessed is he who washes his clothes every day by the blood of Christ what is this describing this is describing constantly washing your conscience of the blood of Christ and if you live by your touch if you live by the flesh there are many records of sins recorded on your conscience and you become hardened to these things so that's why you li- that's why I say it's dangerous to live by your thoughts you live by your thoughts the conscious is continually being stored up by your as Proverbs says that though the witness is right to a man it leads to death in the same way if you keep, um, keep claiming your righteousness well, your self-righteousness is leading to death every moment washing yourself, washing that but because you do not it gets stored up then you come to a resurrection and so you need to deal with those sins and Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant. He is the mediator of the new covenant. He is the mediator of the new covenant. of the new covenant. So the new covenant, you are not simply just receiving the reign, but you are, rece- you are being made into fellow heirs. You are inherited. Look at this amazing So, can you see the fulfillment of the new covenant? Amen. And then let's hurry up and finish this. We're almost finished. Go back to Genesis 24, not Genesis, Exodus 24. Let us live by the Spirit. Have faith. Do not just live your life blindly, thinking that living, and also many of you are deceived, deluded into thinking that you're living well. And maybe the world may say you're living well, but but God is is giving you warning. Understand? So, chapter 24. I can finish this in 10 minutes. 
And Jesus said, Moses, come up to the Lord in the air, nether, and we They could not come close, right? But Moses, the Lord, should come near to the Lord. The other should come near to the Moses is not even like us seeing us directly to God. But only Moses could come close. But now we can see him face to face And so, so, should you not unveil this great privilege? privilege is open to you. How amazing is that? The love that God gives us is explosive, explosive, explosive. He has opened all these doors and given you this great glory. You should be filled with that joy. Are you not filled with this joy? Do you not feel this joy? I look at your faces and you are not filled with that joy. And this should be more inspirational than you getting married. Throughout your daily lives, this joy should fill you, inspire you, making you shake your leg at least once a day. And all the people answered with one voice said, All the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So, because of reverence, they are obedient. the words of the Lord, he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars. According to the 12 tribes of Israel, this is again representing God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty is being represented here. That I am your God and you will be my people. Amen. And he sent young men of the people of Israel to offer burnt offerings and sacrifice peace offerings and offerings to the Lord. So as I said earlier, he didn't send the seven elders. This should have been logical, right? To send the seven elders, but he sent young men. Why? Because young men are the center, are, are, are the mediators between all the generations, right? But the young men are the mediators between the previous generation and the new generation. So they have the right to bring. So if, if the young generation dies, then there is not, no bridge between generations to generations. It's with the young generation. So that's why the devil is strategically attacking you, the young generation. And so we need to pray that the young adults in Zoe ministry is revived. I'm not talking about numbers here, but in Zoe ministry, it's the young adults needs to be revived. This is what you need to pray for. The devil, in order to destroy the generations, who is he going to focus his attacks on? It's you, the young adults. You need to be revived. I don't know when the next young adult conference is going to be happening, but I pray that there's going to be more of you. Num numerically, I'm speaking this time. And so he sent young men to offer burnt offerings, peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he threw against the altar. So there's blood in basin and blood sprinkled on the blood. Because there's no tabernacle. Half of it is sprinkled on the altar. That's representing the blood of the cross. But now the blood in the basins is talking about the holy blood, blood that's going to be sprinkled on the tabernacle. That's what's being symbolized here. 
And so remember, the mediator of the old covenant is the cow, right? The blood of the cow. But who is the mediator of the new covenant? The blood of Jesus Christ. And so now this covenant was put. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has spoken in him, you will do, and you will be obedient. Verse 8. And Moses took the blood and put it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant. What is the blood of the covenant? It's not the blood that sprinkled on the altar, but this blood of basin was sprinkled where? On the people that all your records of sin has been erased. This is the blood of the new covenant. Amen. So even in the Old Testament, even in the Old Covenant, this is all showing and pointing to the new covenant. Amen. And so now they have this covenant with God. And so in this covenant, they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a paper of sapphire stone, like the very heavens were clearing. And so for one month, they ate and drank with God. They were in this relationship of peace with God. They had this peace offering But we, we have this Parusha glory every day. Every day this offering of peace. Every day we, we, we spend time with God. Amen. This is what Jesus Christ has opened Because he became the peace offering between us and God. We are at peace with God. And verse 11, and he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people. They beheld God and ate and drank.